Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Well, off the faceoff, here's Columbus with the puck. Blankenberg, the center, shoots in. This is where the Sharks desperately need that little insurance. They need to get a go-ahead goal here and put the pressure on the Blue Jackets. Columbus still working hard. They put it on the left. Nyquist shoots, score! Boone Jenner! Takes the puck away as the shark struggling to break out of the zone. And former shark Gus Nyquist carrying it in the left circle. Puts the puck with a wrist shot up top on Kakinen, giving the Jackets the 4-3 lead with 7.22 left. And the cannon goes off once again here in Central Ohio. Minute 18 to go. Carlson again starts to stride it out. He's to the red line. Winds up, drives it in. Net is empty to our right. Sharks in with extra attackers. Sturm behind the goal. Lost it to Corrali, who clears. Score! Sean Corrali has been one of the best players on the ice for the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. And he sends the cannon into ecstasy. With only 104 left in the game, it's 5-3 Columbus as Corrali gets credit for that goal, his fifth of the season. It is an empty netter. And back to the net comes Kakanen. Yeah, I mean, I think we're just, you know, I think that's, I don't know whether it's immaturity or, or whatnot. I mean, to me, you know, to, to you know, do what we did in this game uh, with our record uh, is surprising, very surprising. And we just, uh, you know, to me, we're at our best when we're on top of people and have an edge to our game. And we've done that for the most part, but certainly not tonight. And give them credit. I mean, they, I thought they got better and better as the game went on. They won you know, the last, the fourth goal is very indicative of the way the game went the second half. They just wanted a little bit more. They were a little bit quicker, uh, harder on pucks and a lot more simplistic to their approach and um, you know, give them a ton of credit. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome as we get ready for a second consecutive day of Sharks hockey. Yeah, I know that we are all looking forward to them bouncing back against Boston. And honestly, there is a part of me that likes the fact that they just have to have a quick turnaround after what I would deem, and I think um, accurately so, a lackluster performance last night. I think that the way they played was relatively careless and was relatively, like Quinn alluded to, they didn't have that edge, they didn't have that grind, or as our good friend Bob Bugner used to say, that sandpaper aspect to their game. They got up 2-0, and good teams in the NHL, if they get up 2-0, it's over and done with at that point. That is where the game ends, but that's not how it went for the San Jose Sharks last night. It was That was where, that was where the game got interesting, and it went from 2-0 to 2-1, to 2-2, to 3-2 in favor of the Sharks. It was like, all right, there's some nice pushback. Wake up, guys. Let's get this train moving again. And then they just really could never find any sort of continuity out there on the ice that felt disjointed. It felt like there was just, again, there was not enough urgency in their game. And you can use whatever term you want to describe the just kind of lackluster play we saw over the remainder of that game last night. But it was certainly not 
what I was expecting. That said, time and time again, it's felt like the Sharks have had pretty good pushback uh, and bounce back after a bad performance. Although, I do think back to their game in Boston last year on a Sunday. A little bit different. That was a 1 p.m. start, 10 a.m. California time, and they got blasted. Uh, so that one is a little bit of you know, something to be worried about as we enter this game. But actually, you know, when the Sharks played Boston the other night, I thought they played him pretty tough. And when they played New Jersey the other night, they played him pretty tough. And when they played Dallas the other night, once they woke up, they beat them. So against these upper echelon teams, I actually feel pretty good about where the Sharks are. But that doesn't mean that it's not inexcusable for them to just kind of have the laps that they had last night. It was like up to nothing. If you're a good team in the NHL, you should be able to put that game out of reach and the Sharks just could never do that and they've never been able to do that all year long. It's been a consistent problem. It's been a consistent issue. It's been a consistent factor. It has been part of their DNA. I mean, it is the mistakes. It is the turnovers. It is just one of the many factors that we have seen the Sharks have trouble with over the course of this year. And unfortunately, it only seems to be getting relatively marginally better. It's not like it's been a quantifiable leap in the right direction to where it would get them towards the playoffs it's been they've gotten a little better at a lot of the things they've done wrong but it's not enough to end up with a drastically different result over multiple games weeks months and time and that's what you have to start thinking about for next year and I know it's terrible to start talking about next year but it's actually something David Quinn was asked about this morning when he spoke with the media and we'll get into that in a moment but it's like you can't let these issues become consistent parts of the Sharks DNA. Like it's something that needs to be dealt with. It needs to not be a factor of who they are going forward. It needs to be something that they put behind them and move towards the future. Let's get into a little bit of what David Quinn had to say this morning when talking about uh, just the, the turnaround and what his message is to his team to get them ready to take on what will be a tough opponent in Boston. Well, the message is get back to what we were doing before last night. I mean, you know, to me, there's a clear path for our success, regardless of who we're playing. And, you know, we just didn't give ourselves a chance last night. To me, we were slow. We were soft. We wanted it easy. And, you know, regardless of, uh, you know, where you are in the standings or, Anything like that. I mean, if you approach the game of hockey like that, you really don't give yourself much of a chance. Yeah, and unfortunately, they didn't give themselves much of a chance after they did go up by that 2 nothing lead. And again, I'll sing this till the cows come home. If you go up 2 nothing on the road, you've given yourself a very good opportunity to win. It doesn't mean you will win, but you've given yourself a very good opportunity. And that's something we've seen the Sharks do this year not be opportunistic. And to win in the NHL, you've got to be opportunistic. You've got to be able to take advantage of everything that is given to you and everything that is earned. Sometimes the team you're playing against is going to turn the puck over. You need to be able to do something with that. Sometimes you're going to go up 2-0 on the road. You need to be able to turn that into points. And I know there's a large contingency of you that feel like, no, don't get points. Don't do anything. Suck and try and get Bedard. Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. But I don't like losing. That's just... Even if it does lead to a better outcome, I still don't like it in the here and now. I don't like people talking about the Sharks as not being a good team. I like the Sharks being a glamour franchise. And I know there is the argument that, yes, getting to Bedard might help them be a glamour franchise once again. Uh, but for the time being, I just I don't care for it. I don't like it. I don't like that the Sharks are not one of the upper echelon teams. It bugs me. 
Here's more from Quinn talking about the fact that he did not think Capo got a lot of help from the defense around him last night and how that pertains to the rest of the team. I think, yeah, I think they, you know, I think there's improvement for sure. But I think if you talk to both of them, I think they'd like to make one more save every night, you know, and, uh, you know, but really, but if you talk to some of our forwards, I'm sure a bunch of our forwards, I think they'd like to, you know, make a few more plays every night. You talk to our D, they'd like to play, make a few more plays every night. And that, you know, unfortunately for us, uh, you know, it's usually one position that's uh, costing us a game. And it's not just one every night. It's a different one. And sometimes it's our forwards need to be better. Sometimes it's our D that have to be better. Sometimes it's our goaltending that has to be better. And, you know, that's that's frustrating on a lot of levels. And this led to the question that I was talking about earlier of how do you make sure that these problems don't become part of the Sharks' DNA moving forward? And yes, it's terrible to start talking about the future when we are only entering game number 48, but it is a relative area of concern. You've got to figure things out. You've got to be able to make sure that, you know, one year remains one year in terms of the negatives. And a big part of that is not giving up as many goals five on five. Yes. Clearly. You know, there's a lot that goes into not giving up goals. You know, how hard you defend your one-on-ones, breakouts, puck management, uh, D-zone structure, goaltending, they all they all go into it. You know, it's not just one thing that allows a team to be successful defensively. You know, we've talked about this till I'm blue in the face. I mean, our turnovers have been the number one reason we've given up the goals we've given up. And, you know, until we understand that uh, – you don't have to force offense and that how important defense is. We're going to put ourselves in the position that we're in. And I really don't put any of the blame on Quinn. I think that he has routinely put the Sharks in a good opportunity to end up with good results. And the play on the ice has not been good enough. I mean, I look at some of the areas he's improved, like the power play started off not being very effective and it's gotten better and better as we've gotten deeper and deeper into the year. These are all things that you like to see improvement tangible improvement. That's something I appreciate. Yes, the penalty kill has not been as effective as of late, but again, you look at who the Sharks are as a team, you look at the penalties they take, you look at the law of averages, and yeah, eventually there are going to be changes in the Sharks in the midst of a tough year. There's only so much that pride can do for you. If you're not trying to kill penalties to vie for spots in the playoffs, I think there is a little bit of a different mentality that can start to seep in, and I don't blame them for that. I just think it's part of the reality check that we have to recognize when we're talking about where the Sharks are and what they are trying to do right now. It's it's tough. You don't have a lot to fight for at 48 games, and you are, or today being the 48th game, and there's there's a lot of hockey yet to be played, and you feel like you're you know, you're a little bit lost. You're a little bit adrift. What are the Sharks playing for right now? And ultimately, the answer is the future one way or another. Now, we we can debate what they play for to get to that future, and we can come up with different answers. Uh, but the future is a big factor of what's happening right now with the San Jose Sharks. We are going to get into more of this sound from David Quinn earlier this morning, but let's take a break. Don't miss the 2023 Sharks Legends game on February 24th at Tech CU Arena, celebrating the legacy of Patrick Marlowe. He scores! Patrick Marlowe 
in his 100th career playoff game. This is your chance to see some of your favorite Sharks players from the past hit the ice again as they pay tribute to Marlowe's legendary career. Alumni scheduled to attend along with Marlowe include Owen Nolan, Mike Ricci, Ryan Clough, Joel Ward, Evgeny Nabokov, and many more. Sharks 365 and Barracuda Battery members will enjoy an exclusive pre-sale that begins January 18th. Keep an eye on your inbox for details. Tickets for the general public go on sale at 10 a.m. January 20th at Ticketmaster. Backhand shot. He scores! Patrick Marlowe has done it again! Let's do it again as the Sharks celebrate the legacy of Patrick Marlowe. The 2023 Sharks Legends Game, February 24th at Tech CU Arena. Marlowe looking back for Carlson, but the pass is deflected by Jenner up into the air and in the corner. Unfortunately, AC Mott couldn't get it, and Blankenberg skates out with it, but he gets knocked down to the ice and lost the puck. Ferraro jumps up into the play, across the line, takes the shot off the goalpost for Mario Ferraro. Rebound in front, backhand chance. What a stop by Corposato. Rebound, score! The backhand chance for Nico Sturm bounced out in front, and Sturm persevered. He was focused, he was relentless, and he makes it a 3-2 Sharks lead, a minute 55 into the third. Yeah, I'm just, you know, trying to stay true to myself, uh, not changing too much. I don't think I've changed too much how I play the game since coming here. I obviously get more ice time and more more, uh, more leash a little bit, right? And I got the... Uh, they allow me to make mistakes and, and try stuff and, and play with confidence up front. Um, and um, you know, just just trying to just trying to play play my game. And I think obviously when when kind of the team struggles as a whole construct, I think uh, sometimes you're 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 better off just trying to focus on your job. You know, in my case, I'm trying to look. In a game like this, to, to, to dig in on the face-offs and to just get to the net front, you know, I'm not going to try to be somebody that, that I'm not, and, and, and hopefully I can keep playing that way. That is Nico Sturm after last night's game in which he did score a goal. Nico Sturm has been one of the most exciting new members of the San Jose Sharks this year. He has outperformed what I think people were expecting, and his mentality, his overall desire to play, I think is something that we are going to see more and more of as the mold of what the San Jose Sharks under Mike Greer and David Quinn are trying to be. Well, you get an honest effort on, out of him every night, and you know that's really all you can ask for from a player. And um, you know he's given us an awful lot from an energy standpoint, from a uh, obviously, offensively, he's been probably more productive than anyone anticipated with the, with the goals he's had. Uh, but you're just getting an honest effort every night. And he's very diligent about his preparation. He's in world-class shape. Uh, there's a high level of commitment from him. And, you know, that's what we want to build off of here. And I also think it says something that at multiple times during his first year with the San Jose Sharks, he has been one of the most outspoken after some painful losses with how just upset he is over the loss. And not that no one else on the Sharks has not shown nearly enough anger or disgust or frustration with the outcomes, but you know, with Nico Sturm, he hasn't been here that long, and it only took five games into the year for him to say that he wanted things to be different and that he needed to be better himself and that everyone needed to be better. I mean, that takes courage to speak up that quickly, but I also think that 
He just played on a championship team very, very recently. He knows exactly what it takes. And I think, again, you look at his effort. You look at how hard he plays. He's one of those guys that might not blow you away with his physicality, even though he is in very good shape and does do a lot of things out there with his skating very well. But, you know, he's not Connor McDavid obviously, in terms of his athleticism, but he does a lot of things very, very well. He is amazing out there with his consistency, and I think the fact that he fights so hard, he makes things happen for himself, he, to me, embodies a lot of that opportunistic nature that the Sharks need to take more advantage of and just be ready for when it happens. And there's, you know, obviously, when opportunity is there, you got to be ready to take advantage of the opportunity. I feel like that is what I see in Nico Sturm's game. I feel like he is always ready to pounce, and right now there are too many Sharks who I think are caught in between two minds because I think there is a little bit of the mindset of they're afraid to make the mistakes. For so much of this year, mistakes have been part of the discussion when we've been talking about the San Jose Sharks. That is understandable because it's been a big problem. There's no doubt about it, but you can't have hesitation. You can't have a timid nature. You've got to be ready to pounce and be ready to take your medicine if you do make a mistake. And I think that's the way that Nico Stern plays. And for the most part, you know, he hasn't been taking a ton of penalties. He's put himself in a good position. I feel like he really is the type of player that you want more and more of. Now, obviously, you need some more top-level talent players, but the way that he grinds, the way that he just goes out there and goes to the wall every single game, you need more and more guys like that. And that's not to say that I question anybody else on the Sharks. I just look at Nico Sturm in particular, and I say, yeah, what the Sharks are looking for, he's got it. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, every shift you get that effort, physical and mental effort, and... You know, that's what you want. I mean, to me, it's what makes the Bruins the team they are. I mean, there's a variety of reasons of why they're as good as they are and they have the record they have. But more than anything, they play true team hockey. And, you know, there's a there's a consistent effort uh, from what they do. And that's been happening for a long time uh, in their organization. And, you know, it's why they've uh, consistently been one of the teams at the top. And so you have the head coach of the Sharks talking about the mentality that Nico Sturm has is what we see with the Boston Bruins. So that, to me, shows what the blueprint is, at least from the mental landscape, at least from the type of player that they might be looking to acquire more of as we get deeper into this timeline under Mike Greer and David Quinn. And I like that. I think it's important to identify what you're looking for because overall it leads to the growth of an identity as a team because can anyone tell me what the Sharks identity is right now anyone Bueller Bueller yeah no no one knows what their identity is right now other than the fact that they don't know how to win games and that they have the ability to not hold on to leads again 20 games this year if not more that they have lost in which they did have a lead at one point that is very very frustrating it shows you what the Sharks are capable of on both ends of the spectrum. I mean, that game against New Jersey the other day, that should have been a win. They were up with 8.6 seconds left to go. That should have been a win. And there are countless other situations this year where we can talk about that. Up 2-0 against Chicago, they lose. Up 4-2 against Anaheim at home, and they lose. I mean, those are the things that have got to get out of their system, and this is a good year to get it out because you're not going to the playoffs barring a miracle. But you have been able to identify a player like Nico Sturm and say that is what we need more of. And if you build around that, it helps build more of a culture and an identity as to what is happening here in San Jose. Because for better or for worse right now, guys, they're kind of adrift. They are not terrible enough to ensure that they get the most balls in the lottery. And they're not nearly good enough to be in the playoff discussion. So they're just kind of... 
They're floating. They're in no man's land. Quickly changing gears, the rumors around Timo Meyer continue to swirl. David Quinn earlier this morning on Timo. Yeah, Timo's a unique player. I mean, you know, you've got that type of size and skill and, you know, there's a physicality to his game. Uh, he's a unique player and we're certainly fortunate to have him. And, you know, obviously with the amount of goals he scores, uh, we rely on, on him heavily from an offensive standpoint. But, you know, every time he's out there, he's a threat and he brings a work ethic that you're going to need to be productive. All right, we are out of time. It's time for the Sharks to get ready to take on Boston. Join us for live pregame coverage at 3.30 this afternoon right here on the Sharks Audio Network. Dan Rusinowski will take you into the game broadcast as the Sharks on the second night of a road back-to-back take on the Bruins in Boston, looking to bounce back from what was a lackluster performance after a solid start against Columbus that turned into what was a disappointing loss. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.